All right. So I'm here with Montana Farner. She's a junior and a media and journalism major. Yep. Say hi, Montana. Hello. Thank you for having me, Izzy. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. So today we're going to talk about pretty much we're going to talk about multicultural education and its inclusion in the 21st century classroom as well as its importance and re relevance. I'm going to try to gauge how culturally responsive your classroom was and changes that could have been made to make your classroom more, more culturally responsive. You all right with that? Yep. So a few questions. All right. Sweet. Do you know what it means to be culturally responsive? No, enlighten me. <laughs> so to be culturally responsive means to have awareness of one's own cultural identity and views about uh, their differences. So, thanks to demographic shifts in the 21st century, uh, it's imperatively more important that teachers practice being culturally responsive in order to be able to understand a student's needs. So, cultural responsiveness means uh, to be aware and appreciative and respectful of another person's culture in order to be able to, be able to better understand that individual. Do you know what a multicultural education is, or do you have an idea of what it is? Like bringing different diversity and showing different ethnicities into a classroom and kind of educating students. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, multicultural education is an education type based on reforming the educational institution in order to empower individuals that, you know, come from different cultural backgrounds. Right. All right. Now, with this information, how would you describe your current educational uh, demographic, Bloomsburg University? Right, so Bloomsburg is definitely a lot like the high school I went to. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely predominantly more white students, and I don't think there's as much diversity as bigger schools like Penn State. All right, now we're going to touch on how do you think, how does this differ from your high school demographic? So how is Bloomsburg different? from how you went to high school, where you went to high school. I, I, you told me you went to a small high school. Yeah, I went to a really small high school. I graduated with about 40 kids, and it was like a farm town. The students were predominantly white, and growing up, I went to, it was called Greenwood. I went there from kindergarten to 12th grade, and I would say we didn't have really any multicultural education, and I was lucky enough that my parents are very accepting, and my mom was very um, driven to keep my siblings and I really educated about different ethnicities and just diversity and she always wanted us to know that there's a bigger world, world than just like Greenwood so yeah. and you told me your mom was part of like the school so yeah like, did she, so did she try to uh, kind of incorporate like that multicultural multiple right. perspective aspect on you yeah she was a fifth grade teacher at a huge school called Paxtonia and she had students of like all different ethnicities and so when she moved from Paxtonia to Greenwood where I went to high school she said it was kind of just like a different world where all the students are like I said predominantly white and so she has she's an instructional coach at Greenwood and she is like bringing all the teachers together to you know talk to the kids about Black Lives Matter and just like introducing them I'm, to I'm all the different you brought up Black Lives yeah. Matter yeah, yeah. just uh. because I think me personally, I think we should be exposing kids even as young as kindergarten to different ethnicities so that they know that 
you know, there's people who don't look like you and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Like we're all the same. So, all right. yeah. Uh, so there's a difference. There's a big difference between demographic and social, like the inclusion of uh, multicultural education. Right. So whether or not the demographic does fit mm -hmm. the, like, if there's minority students or not in your classroom, right. um, implementing multicultural education into your classroom can really like change a student's perspective. Now, yeah. do you feel like your school did a good job of introducing the idea of multiple perspectives? I know your mom did, but yeah. the school curriculum itself, do you believe that it did? Not at all. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, it was just, I mean... Yeah, and we're going to talk about, like, different levels of yeah. inclusion that s schools can have. But, like, for example, did they, did you ever have, what was it called? They're, like, costume days or, like, my hero day for oh. different cultures. Like, yeah. No. no you <laughs> we didn't had, have... like, we, I mean, we had, like, the spirit weeks, but it was never anything that had to do with a different culture ever. Never? Wow. Never. It, which, and now that, it, it's weird that you brought that up because I, like, wouldn't have never thought that other schools did that because my school never did anything like that. Yeah, see, my school was like the exact opposite. My school, we had a lot of like our demographic was mainly uh, like it shifted to yeah. towards the Hispanic side. So our teachers, not that they felt the need, I don't know if it was included in the curriculum, but they did try their hardest right. to incorporate because that's literally mm -hmm. what the demographic yeah. of the town was. Even some of like the teachers themselves came from the same demographic, yeah. so they understood it, but. You know, it's nice to see like that difference yeah. in school it's and how crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you lived a whole different world, but and that's how it should. In in my opinion, that's how it should be. So everyone feels included and everyone feels like safe. Like you should obviously feel included and you know safe at the school you're going to. Exactly, so. and that's one of the yeah. basic things about education. In order mm -hmm. to like for a child to learn, they have to be they have to meet two criteria. They have to feel safe and they have to feel included. And this yeah. is where multicultural education plays a very important role and a very important part in a child's education. So going off of that, uh, some key things that we need to touch out is the idea of equity and perspective. Now, equity is the idea that all kids should deserve or should get what they need as opposed to all kids getting exactly the mm -hmm. same kind of education and treatment. Now perspective plays a ginormous role in this because you're not really sure or you don't really know where a kid stands nor what they do need in the classroom yeah. unless you're aware and familiar with their cultural background. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, um, here, like just learning this now, what role do you believe perspective plays in an equitable classroom? Well, like you said, perspective obviously plays a huge role in it. So, like, for me personally, my education at Greenwood, I had everything I needed. You know, I, I was set up for a good education. But, for example, if someone came in who English wasn't their first language, they, I don't think they would get the same education that I got at my school, Greenwood. And how I think my school would react to that is probably giving them like this sounds bad but probably giving them to the aides and being like okay you can deal with this exactly and it's so, like yeah. yeah it's that idea like teachers need to be able to know how yeah. to handle like not knowing or not knowing how to deal with a kid that's only a native speaker now it also plays into the area of diversity so yeah. let's say the kid does know or can speak mm -hmm. how do you diversify the classroom to familiarize like what they do know yeah exactly Cause, yeah because a lot of cultures like 
kids aren't exactly they're not too active in the classroom american yeah. classrooms they they want you to engage but like maybe the culture that they come from they're expected to sit quietly right how do you like how would you change something how would you yeah. accommodate or how would your school accommodate to that yeah so like i said earlier my mom's the instructional coach at greenwood now so all the teachers kind of at the beginning of the year they all like did a little zoom call and because with all the Black Lives Matter stuff going on, my mom thought it was really, really important that, you know, all the kids are kind of introduced to this because if their parents most likely aren't going to introduce them to it. Yeah. So one thing that my mom did is she went on Amazon and she bought, like, books about diversity and books kind of, well, just all about yeah. diversity. And she distributed them to all the teachers just to have in their rooms so that they, like, the kids could read them and stuff, so... I think that's a good first step to trying to diversify the classroom. It's yeah, just... yeah, and that that actually is a step that you yeah. covered. That is uh, the idea of inclusion. Right. So inclusion just means like multicultural education is like embedded into the everyday curriculum uh, for students of different backgrounds. Right. So, for example, uh, if you're teaching a passage on, I don't know, Christopher Columbus, you might right. want to incorporate the perspective of the natives things exactly. like that it, because i can say genuinely for my when we learned about that and i don't know it's probably yeah. fifth grade it, yeah. we didn't learn anything about that. exactly and yeah it's it's commonly those kinds of things are from the perspective of the european yeah. white male so how 100%. would someone coming from say a foreign like Spanish, Latin-speaking yeah. country, maybe even a Native American student coming yeah. into your classroom. And if they were sitting in the same classroom as me, I if I was in their shoes, I'd feel so uncomfortable because they're not getting that same, like, kind yeah. of... Well, like you said, they're not feeling included. They're not feeling... It's like, like, yeah, it's, it's inclusion. It's also yeah. a matter of cultural sensitivity. Yeah. A student should be able to address it uh, appropriately mm -hmm. and respectively. Now, relating the topic back to cultural sensitivity... In a time when a discussion like Black Lives Matter is popular, like, everywhere on the news, and you see it everywhere, it leads back to the idea. So, that kind of privilege, just, like, the inclusion of your demographic in textbooks, even, mm -hmm. that that's what people mean by privilege. Uh, and when you're part of the minority group, you don't see that kind of thing. Like, a native yeah. is mal-represented in a social studies book. So there's this idea that this, that victors are the ones that write the history books, all right? Therefore, most of history is written by the white European right. male standard. So even in America, like early Americas, like like I said, the destruction of the natives, but then the Alamo, the Vietnam War, like the perspectives right. that were shaped through these kinds of things. Now, having talked about all this, and like a lot of questions might come to mind. And the big one is, what can we do about any of this? And for me, I feel as if it all starts, like I said, like the name of the article, it, it mm -hmm. all starts in the classroom. Uh -huh. yeah. So going off of that, over the years, uh, classroom demographic has shifted dramatically, and we have to ensure that multicultural curriculum evolves alongside it in order to offer an equitable education for all students. Now, the article that I read Cultural Responsive Teaching in the 21st Century Inclusive Classroom stated that when compared, the cultural background of teachers and its students were significantly different. Now, going off of that, 
my question is going to be, how can teachers, how do you think teachers can, like, instill or integrate culturally responsive communication in their learning community? Yeah, so when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I took four years of Spanish, and we did this thing where we would bring in popular, like, Mexican dishes, and we would kind of spend the day talking about um, kind of like the Spanish culture and and yeah, so I think that was one thing that we did well because it introduced me to a whole different culture. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. so do you feel like your cultural cultural perspective has been shifted since that? I, I know it wasn't much, right. but it's like... But at least it was something. Like, yeah, so, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a form of appreciation. Yeah. Or like, now you have knowledge of it. Do right. You... I'm definitely thankful that um, Greenwood did that because... It wasn't just me getting it; it was a whole bunch of students. So, it was some. It was well needed. So exactly, yeah. and, and like that's necessary yeah. nowadays. Now, what teachers in the twenty first century inclusive classrooms need to address is the like the problem is pretty much they need to be aware of their own cultural, like positionality. They need to include curriculum and teaching methods that are culturally differentiated. Teachers need to emphasize the ability to understand differences and the differences that make students unique. Now, there are many different levels of integration uh, of multicultural education. Um, The first level would be content integration. This is where you add tidbits of the culture uh, into the lesson or incorporate it into a day. That's something like what you said, what was it that you said, the uh, the spirit day? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. So uh, the content integration might add, like, might incorporate some heroes or like notable figures, but they don't really do much more, th- like, m- much more than that. Right. And honestly, I'm not, like, not no, to offend no, you or fine. anything. The uh, like what you said about you guys incorporating that into your Spanish classrooms, right. it kind of seems like content, like addition. But since it was a Spanish classroom, I'm assuming it might be one of the next few levels. Right. It was like expected to happen, but. So yeah. It yeah. Just... Now the next level is knowledge design, and this is when students actively like discuss and analyze uh, frameworks and biases. So mm-hmm. any kind of biases that you may see in books, uh, the lessons, or and just in the classroom in general. All right. Uh, an example of a corporate of incorporating <laughs> this kind of integration level uh, would be. Like we said before, the founding of the Americas and Christopher Columbus, um, things like that don't really change the structure of the curriculum, but they do get like a child's mind thinking. Now, the next level is they it would change the structure of the curriculum in order to inc- incorporate different perspectives and content uh, from the perspective of the diverse group or ethnic background in this case it would be uh the natives the last level of multicultural education integration is incorporating multicultural lessons into the everyday classroom so if for example i'm gonna go off my uh major so in bio let's say a kid i have a kid in my class that would be from brazil i would incorporate Mm -hmm. i would say an article from the brazilian rainforest or anything like that just to kind of peek into their background knowledge and be able to you know engage the learner now going off the gigantic ramble that i just went on (laughs) uh which teacher behaviors have you observed that communicate different expectations for students according to their diverse cultural identities? 
Yeah, so I had a journalism, or I have a journalism professor right now at Bloomsburg, and um, he encourages all of the students to reach out to the different diversity groups on campus and write different articles about them and just kind of get to understand what they do in their club. And he also is very active in making sure that he's giving us articles that kind of just let us know what's going on in the world and not even just in America, but just so that we're tuned into what's going on. It's pretty so, yeah. good. And like, yeah, like that, that kind of idea of just communicating with your students and gaining mm -hmm. their perspective is what the concept that multicultural education is built on, just branching out and experiencing new perspectives. Uh, like Now, taking all these factors into consideration, you can see why uh, it's important for educators to be introduced to a multicultural like curriculum or introduced to how to uh, work towards a multicultural classroom. It, as schools begin to grow and become more diverse throughout the 21st century, it, it be, it's important for teachers to integrate these methods into the classroom in order to guarantee student success and eliminate bias in the classroom. Now, uh, final question, like taking all this into consideration and kind of reflecting back on what you've seen in your classroom, what you've experienced both in high school and in Bloomsburg, uh, the first question is going to be, which one do you think was more inclusive? Definitely Bloomsburg by <laughs> Landslide. By Landslide. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yet. I've had my fair share of experience of like, like very multi multiculturally diverse classrooms yeah. and things like that. Now, thinking on possibly the bad or like your high school, yeah. what do you think moving forward towards the future, what can be done to change these behaviors? Uh, going off of everything that I've told you yeah. so far. Um, I would just say going towards that idea of we need to educate our students and show them that there's more than just the person like when they look in the mirror if that makes sense yeah. like um kind of working towards the multicultural education and i would just say how they can maybe accomplish this just by incorporating different perspectives and different ethnicity and show diversity in the classroom i think that would definitely be something that needs to happen um especially in like elementary school high school so that when yeah. they graduate from high school and you go to college, that's not your first experience. Yeah, and it's what we need to do yeah. to move forward. Now, um, we're nearing the end. Do you feel like you've learned anything from any of this? Or oh, do 100%. Feel, do you feel more confident in your school now that you, you know that it's a little more multiculturally like ex experienced? I yeah, I um, think coming from the high school I went to, to Bloomsburg, I... And especially after this, I have a newfound, like, appreciation for it because yeah. in, I mean, high school was, it was a different world. So when I came to Bloom, I kind of was like, oh, it's kind of like my high school. But I mean, after, like, sitting down and talking to you about mm -hmm. all this stuff, it made me realize that, like, Bloomsburg's actually doing a really good <laughs> job. So, right, well, which is awesome. Well, uh, thank you for everything. Of course. Right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.